and welcome to A Bookish Home. I'm your host, librarian and writer, Laura Zaro-Kopinski. And today my guest is author, actor, and activist Malik Pancholi. His middle grade um, debut novel, The Best at It, was a Stonewall Honor Award winner and is in development for television at HBO Max. His second novel, Nikhil Out Loud, is available now and is a Junior Library Guild Gold selection. In a starred review, Kirkus said Pincholi's sophomore effort is a layered coming-of-age tale, melding puberty's woes with familial expectations and grief. The sweet peck-on-the-cheek level romance is delightfully middle school, as is the squee-worthy joy alongside more difficult moments, a timely affirmation that hate has no place in school. And a little more about Malik. He's an award-winning actor whose career has spanned hit television shows, including Only Murders in the Building and 30 Rock, animated favorites, Phineas and Herb, Sanjay and Craig, and Mira Royal Detective, the Broadway stage, and films. He served on President Barack Obama's Advisory Commission on Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders and is the co-founder of the anti-bullying campaign Act to Change. Malik lives in Brooklyn, New York with his husband Ryan and their dog Arlo. His debut novel, The Best at It, was again a Stonewall Honor Award winner, which is I tell people who aren't in the library world, those awards at the ALA Youth Media Awards are like winning an Oscar in the children's book world. So it's very exciting and a, and a big deal. Um, so Malik, welcome to A Bookish Home and congratulations on the new book. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's so nice to be here. I, um, I, uh, I'm a fan of the podcast. So thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And there's um, so much I want to talk about. And, you know, after reading your books and kind of delving more. There's, there's, you're very busy. There's so many things I didn't even know that you were doing. So there's a lot to dive into. And, you know, one of the things I really love about Nikhil Out Loud is just the way you portray the kids in the book, sort of um, taking it upon themselves to really stand up to um, hate that some of the characters are experiencing. And as I was reading, I thought that maybe um, as you were writing, you were sort of writing it in response to sort of the current climate of book bans and parents wanting to kind of pull LGBTQ books off the shelves. But I was reading in an interview that it, it sort of kind of came before this really came, was sort of at the forethought of kind of the, the conversation. Yeah, I mean, as you know, publishing takes a little while. Yes. <laughs> um, and so what, what's, uh, what is kind of remarkable is that I the inspiration for this did um, it was based on something that happened to me on book tour for the best at it in, in 2019. And sadly, I feel like has become even more topical in the last uh, year or so, or even, even a little bit longer. I mean, this idea of books being banned has certainly been going on for a long time, but it feels like it's at uh, a very high and scary level right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me on book tour in 2019, you know, it's like I went to this middle school, there was, I think, 700 kids in the audience. Uh, and it felt like being at a rock concert, they were so amped up, they were having such a great time. Oh. And I yeah, and I was like, you know, I, and no one had read the book. So, you know, part of the thing on book tour is, you're telling them about the new book that's coming out. And so, you know, I said that the best ad is about a, a, a 12 year old kid who's discovering that he might be gay. And there was like applause in the audience, you know, all these kids like super supportive about it. Um, as part of my presentation, I show a picture of me and my husband just to start talking about our lives in, in New York a little bit. And when I showed a picture of me and my husband, these kids again were like, wow, that's amazing. And they were just so open and, um, they were so open. And, and the other thing that happened in that, because the best at it is about a, a kid who's feeling different and doubting his self-worth because of it, these kids were so emotionally open in terms of talking about the things that made them feel different. Um, 
and just, just, I had such an incredible time. I left that event um, and continued on book tour. And a couple days later, I saw some articles online about um, how parents were angry that an openly gay author had come to speak to their kids. There were a lot of sort of, there's a lot of disinformation in those articles about, you know, the kind of horrible stuff that's been happening in these book bands about like trying to sexualize young people who shouldn't be even thinking about that. Or, you know, there was even, I think, something I read where it said, he told the kids all the characters in Phineas and Ferb were gay, which is like, oh my goodness. Not, you know, not true. But regardless, what happened was these, a lot of kids started reaching out to me on social media and saying like, this is not how we feel. And we're really sad that this is happening. And what do we do? And at the time I was like, you know, I don't feel comfortable messaging a middle schooler whose parents are already riled up about this for some reason. And that was kind of the inspiration for the book, you know, because Nikhil Out Loud is a, a, a kid who's a star actor on an on a animated series who has a voice, but he moves to this new town and he starts to lose his voice because he's 13. It starts to change. The cartoon starts to go away. And in the face of homophobia and other hate that kids are experiencing, he has to learn to find his own voice to stand up. Um, and it kind of came out of this idea that like, who's listening to these kids? Where's their voice in this? And um, in them turning to look at me and saying, will you stand up for me? I wanted to give them an opportunity to say, there are ways for you to stand up in, in your own school. I love that. And, you know, one of the things I thought was striking in, in the book, I don't think it's giving too much away to say the um, Nikhil is going to be in a school uh, musical. And, you know, it's a parent who well, gives an interview to the um, school newspaper and shares that he's gay. And it's a parent who doesn't even have kids at the school anymore, who raises this whole ruckus about an openly gay student being the star of the musical. And I just thought it was such a, just such a timely portrayal of sort of the craziness of parents kind of coming in and raising this drama when, you know, first of all, this parent had nothing to even do with the school, but, um, you know, the, the kids were all supportive. The kids are cheering him in the cafeteria and, um, you know, it's the parents that are kind of doing this bullying behavior. So I thought it was a very realistic portrayal. And I love that the kids are sort of coming together and that the teachers are supportive and um, rallying around this um, student and the students there in general. Sure, as I was reading, just such great conversations. This is going to um, open up between kids and teachers and parents. And it would be such a great pick for like a book club read or, you know, if you have like a parent-child book club being done, things like that. So um, yeah, just such a great conversation starter. And it got me wondering too, you know, with your first book, what was it like to sort of on the one hand be getting pushback from, you know, maybe angry parents. Then on the other, you're getting sort of one of the highest awards in the kidlit world, getting um, a Stonewall honor. I guess sort of what was it like kind of having those opposing things happening at once? Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, when I, I remember sort of, I, I have family in Ohio, and that's kind of how I became aware of um, these articles online. Because they're like, hey, have you seen this? And I remember I was on book tour. And so I'm like in a hotel all by myself. I think I was in Denver maybe and like about to go visit schools. And I was like, it, it was crazy how like it brought up very old feelings. You know, I think in my, my own personal journey and part of the reason I wrote The Best at It and wrote Nikhil out loud is because these kids at 12 or 13 get to 
um, step into themselves in a way that took me a lot longer to do. And, and I wish I had been able to do that, you know, sooner. I wish I had been able to say I'm gay at 12 or 13 when I knew that, but I didn't have the language for it or the support for it. Um, but so what I remember from that age, like, you know, from 12 or 13 is having a lot of shame around that. And so to have these people say like this experience that you thought was incredible at this school where you really connected to these kids is actually to take that and turn it into something ugly felt felt kind of reminiscent of the way I felt, you know, at, at, in middle school, where it was mm-hmm. like, there's something about me that makes people feel like I'm not worthy. And that's, that's exactly what these books are in opposition to. So it was like, it's very interesting. And I, and I just have to say that, like, for the most part, the book has been incredibly well received. I mean, getting awards is, is huge and making state reading lists. And, um, you know, like, like you said, like being a part of book club reads and, um, it just, it feels so in- incredible. And so that's the part I try to hold on to is that the, the messages I get from kids who are like, this book was so important to me or from their parents saying, I just saw the way my kid lit up reading this book. And by the way, this is from not just kids who identify as LGBTQ. You know, it's like, I go to speak at schools where it's like the entire middle school is there and everybody has questions and everybody's excited. And everyone has a favorite character. And to me, that's really important too. You know, this idea of this book, um, my first book and hopefully my second book, um, really offering those those mirrors and windows and sliding glass doors to kids. You're speaking my language. It's just like, <laughs> that's my whole passion with, with books and particularly around kids' books. Um, those windows and mirrors, it's just so important. And But it's also just such a fun read. And I think any librarian who hasn't added, added it to their bookshelves yet, I hope they do. I hope, you know, parents gift it to the kids in their lives. You know, it's just, it's just such a wonderful read. And, you know, I, I kind of wondered, because you do capture that age so well and the middle school dynamics and everything, I wondered kind of how you tapped back into that is that sort of an easy age for you to access or do you have like angsty journals from the time or anything like that (laughs) you know it's so funny I don't have a lot of journals from the time I do I did have one and the best at it that he's he's a mathlete and is sort of obsessing about winning the math competition and I and I had an old journal that I found where I was like (laughs) very angsty about an upcoming um, math competition and oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so ridiculous that that's what I was worried about so much, you know. Um, but but I, I don't. I think that you know it's interesting. Writing middle grade novels sort of sort of came to me, and that um, I had two friends in the in the literary world. They had um, kind of a book packaging company that I don't know if it is even around anymore. But they were trying to push for greater diversity. Um, around kids of color and and girls being in middle grade and young adult novels. And they were like, you know, you talk about representation so much as an actor. Have you ever thought about reading, uh, writing a book? And I, at the time I was like, that's, that's like, what? <laughs> you know, like, I don't know how to do that. Um, but my friends were like, you should read middle grade books and see if, the, and young adult books and see if there's a story in there. Like if there's a story that you feel like you want to tell. And I read a bunch of middle grade and YA novels. And the more I read, the more I realized that there was a story I wanted to tell. And it was a lot, you know, both of my books are fictional, um, but they're also very much rooted in things that I was struggling with in middle school and high school. And there's a lot of stuff that I draw on, I think as all authors probably do from things in my own life. And, 
and there, I was just like, there is a story that I want to tell. And so then I spent like, with the best edit, I spent like a year, you know, tinkering with writing and reading and just kind of like finding my, my voice in that. And then finally having the courage to ask a literary agent if, <laughs> if we could try to sell, sell this book. And it's been quite a journey since then. Um, but yeah, I just, I think I just found an affinity for this space, but it was really presented to me, honestly. That's so cool. And as you were delving into um, the middle grade and young adult space, are there any particular authors that you really kind of began to admire or, you know, that that really inspired you? Yeah, I mean, I read so many books at that time, but I, I remember reading Better Nate Than Ever by Tim Federley. And um, uh, I like a diverse range of books like The School for Good and Evil by Soman Chinani, who's a friend. Um, Wonder, obviously, by R.J. Palacio. I read yeah. a bunch of Julie Murphy YA books, um, and I and I I will say to your to your question about like tapping into that middle grade voice. I just I just connected to it in in some level, and um, and the other thing I think that I learned by reading a lot of books was just kind of how structure works, you know, and um, how chapters work and just sort of like the intuitive way in which we write. And it, it, it felt like a space where I felt, I felt like I understood it. And, you know, as a, a person looking in, I would sort of imagine kind of like connecting the dots of, oh, well, you're, you know, embodying different characters so often and having to kind of get in their head to, to portray them. And then maybe that makes the leap to being able to sort of bring characters on the page to life and make them feel so real. Is that, is that sort of that connection? Did that make it a lot easier to bring your books to life? I mean, I, I a hundred percent think being an actor informs um, not only the way I write, but access to the things that you're talking about, like um, character arcs and journeys and emotional lives and, um, you know, I find like as an actor, you get to be in a rehearsal room um, or on set and embody a character, and it's very physical. Uh, as a writer, I'm always at my computer. But what I find after like a couple hours of writing is that like my body, my body has gone through something. You know, it's like I've, I have, I have inhabited the characters and multiple characters. You know, it's like especially like in Nikhil Out Loud and in scenes where there's four four best friends together in a room it's like to write the way they speak to to understand their point of view on the scene and you know what they want in the scene uh, it kind of takes me em- embodying it a little bit but there's no release like there's no you don't stand <laughs> i mean i don't like stand up and wave my arms around <laughs> and so i can find, i find writing actually like weirdly physically taxing because mm. because i'm kind of you're kind of holding that all all inside you um, without fully releasing it, and ideally, the hope is that you're releasing it, you know, onto the page and in, in in words. But I do, I think that I not only think, you know, like like the basic actor questions of like, why is this character in this scene, and what do they want? Um, what are they pursuing? Like that, I always come back to that, especially if I'm stuck on a character or stuck on trying to figure out how they behave in a scene. Um, and I also think that I because I've done so much television, I think very visually. So I've had people tell me that like the writing feels somewhat filmic in a way. Like I know that 
you know, in TV, you often start on the wide shot and then zoom in and then do cuts. And I, and I kind of see that in my own writing sort of subconsciously happening. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually that leads me to, um, I I would love to hear more about um, the best at it being developed for TV, because I think that'll be really exciting. Are you able to share more about that? Yeah, um, sadly not. I could all I could say is we're in the process, um, and I and I, um, it's been really fun, you know. And it's also like in a novel, you get really, especially in a middle grade novel, everybody has an arc, but the the main character really is the focus. And um, just expanding that world out a bit, so that you know, mm. like, how do you create a ten or twelve episode series, or um, you know, in the best at it, for example, it feels like the parents, um, while they do have this journey they go on, they're they're incredibly supportive and loving, and and but it's also like, okay, but what are their struggles? Like, what are they pursuing over over ten episodes? And so that's been really fun to delve into to say, like, okay, this is a starting point. Like, the book is um, a starting point, and then the show is going to become kind of its own thing, uh, and we're just in the process of that right now. Oh, that's cool. I'll, I'll definitely want to want to look out for that. You know, I wondered because you have done um, so much TV work and, you know, the TV process from what I imagine is very fast and collaborative and um, just such a different pace. And then when you're writing, it's much slower. It takes a long time and it's more just you and getting it onto the page and everything. Do you have a sort of creative preference for one process versus the other, or is it kind of fun to go back and forth? Um, I, I feel very lucky that I do get to jump between a lot of different mediums. I mean, there's certainly writing. I mean, now um, the world of writing novels has opened up uh, a whole writing kind of life for me. I'm um, uh, not only with developing the best edit, but I'm developing a fiction, um, a, f- a fiction podcast series, uh, that I'm, I'm writing as well. And, uh, and then I, you know, like as an actor, it's like, I've gotten to do TV. I've been on Broadway. I do voiceovers and I kind of like having all of these different things. Cause it's, it's really fun to play in every world. I, I do love the collaborative in the room process of being an actor. Um, and yet I do also like as challenging <laughs> as the solitary writing world of a novel is there's, there is something about like immersing myself into that world. That's very, it's very appealing um, when it's working, especially <laughs> um, yeah. when it's not working, it's a little tough when there's no one else there to be like, uh. um, and then, you know, TV writing, it's, it's fun. I'm doing both of these projects with other people so there is a bit of a collaborative nature to it um and for this this uh this fiction podcast series we got a very small and i'm only being coy because we haven't announced it yet so i can't really go into a lot of details but we got a very small writer's room just to sort of develop the story even though i'll be mostly writing it by myself with probably one other writer um but that writer's room was really fun i've just never done something like that and having you know a group of writers pitching ideas um it's just, yeah it's I, I love all these different mediums it's it's so fun yeah it sounds like such a full uh creative life and you know i'm just wondering do i share well i shared before we got on that you know for me the the role of yours that's like closest to my heart i have such fond memories of watching whitney and if my grad school roommate 
is listening, Lauren, I know you're going to be starstruck as well. We loved watching Whitney every week. Um, but is there a particular role that's really close to your heart or one that, you know, you've enjoyed doing the most acting? Oh my gosh. Uh, there, it's so funny because I find people ask me this a lot and there's so many fulfilling things about different characters I've, I've gotten to play. Um, I, I mean, I think a lot of it, I think, you know, as when I was a younger person, um, and the world felt where, where it sometimes felt scary to be myself in the world. I think I thought of acting as a way to, to disappear. I now know that acting is like a way to, to open up parts of myself and, and really let them, you know, really share them with an audience, like expose the parts of yourself that you want to, to an audience. And I mean, I recently just did a play in New York, um, playing kind of like the louder person in a, in a circle of friends with a huge emotional life that he wore on his sleeve. And that's not me in everyday life. And it was so fun to get to do that on stage and also terrifying, like in the yeah. first person to say like, I'm going to let this out, but it's in there in me. And it was really fun to do that. Um, and I think every role kind of offers some piece of that. I will say like, you know, getting to be on a show like 30 Rock, which became just such a part of like the zeitgeist and yeah, a phenomenon uh, a phenomenon yeah it just it opened up so much for me and um i got to play in a world with just such incredible writing and so i'm very very grateful for that experience and you know getting to play baljeet on phineas and ferb that we've been recording that cartoon since 2006 and when i go to middle schools now kids are like we grew up with you and i'm like yeah also like another generation grew, grew up with that cartoon as well and so that's very cool to see how how lasting that has been because yeah. Um, yeah so I'm, I'm grateful for so many of the experiences i've had that's great and i i love that um you know you probably just get such great, um, you know, feedback from kids. And that must be very rewarding, too. Is there anything that really stands out? Yeah, I mean, I've done a fair amount of um, um, school visits for the best at it. And even all through the pandemic was was visiting schools virtually. And, and I'm a, um, I think by the time this is on the air, I'll already be on my book tour for Nikhil Out Loud. Yep. Um, it launches on October 11th. Um, but part of that book tour is going to be visiting middle schools. And I hope it'll grow into continuing to visit um, visit students. I, I find it honestly, one of the most rewarding things <laughs> that I do. It's like kids are amazing. And I find that the more open and honest I am, which I feel not only do I want to do, but I feel an obligation to do, cause that's really what my books are about. It's about these lead characters discovering the ability to, to be that in themselves. Um, the more that I'm that way with kids, the more they are with me. And I think one of the most rewarding things is just like kids coming up and saying, I mean, I, I've had kids just sort of open up about things in their lives that they're struggling with or about um, feeling different. I remember at one school, I was talking about how Rahul, the lead character in, in The Best at it, just feels different. And I was like, do you guys ever feel different about parts of yourself? And this one kid raised his hand. And he's like, you know, I have alopecia. And sometimes that makes me feel a little different at school. And to get that from a kid and to have him say it in front of his peers in a way that I don't know if he's said that before, um, it's 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 really moving. Yeah, it's really that's moving. so powerful. So, yeah, yeah. And it just dovetails so well with your act to change work. It sort of just feels like it's all it's all connected now. Is that how it feels for you? Like they're just are tied together. 
Yeah. I mean, I think um, it's interesting you say that because I do feel that way. I feel like as an actor, you know, there's the work that I want to put into the world. And that, by the way, like to your point of the best edit and Nikhil out loud being fun reads, like I think there's very there's so many ways that we can approach like the big topics and hopefully comedy is is a huge part of that and like bringing joy and things that you know kids and adults relate to and i just say that to say like as an actor i'm conscious of like the characters i'm putting into the world and what do they say and you know what what are they offering and are they are they are they adding to better representation it's certainly something i want to do in my writing um, and because my writing is geared towards younger people, I know how important that is, how important it is to have a mirror at that age um, yep. and a window into someone else's experience. And yeah, and then with, with Act to Change, which um, for those people who might not know it, it's um, it's a national nonprofit that I co-founded addressing bullying in the Asian American and Pacific Islander community. And it came out of... Um, uh, I was appointed by President Barack Obama to serve on the President's Advisory Commission on Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. Uh, and so during my time there, I was really, I got privy to a lot of information around the prevalence of bullying in in the Asian American community. Um, and it became kind of my focus as a commissioner. And then out of that, uh, myself and a couple other people co-founded this national nonprofit. And and I would say that a big focus of the nonprofit is storytelling. Um, mm. We encourage kids to tell their stories because we know that it's healing to do that. And we also encourage them to tell them because we know that by sharing your story with someone else, um, you're, you're providing solace and understanding. And then when the stories are successes, there's, they provide hope. <laughs> um, yeah. So and like empathy for, for other kids and yeah, just, yeah, hundred really percent. So yeah, so I think of myself now, like the connecting piece through all of it is, like I'm a storyteller, and what are the stories we're going to put into the world, and what is the impact that they have? Oh, well, I'm inspired. You're doing such great things, and I'm going to have to keep looking out for all your all your projects. Well, just lastly, I would love to hear um, if there's anything you've been reading lately that you'd want to recommend to listeners. Yeah, I just finished reading a book called, uh, it's, a, it's an adult novel called Tell Me How to Be by Neil Patel. Um, we just worked on something together and he's an incredible writer. Um, uh, his, I've just blanked on the name of his first book, but it, um, I know it did really well in the world. It was a collection of short stories. And Tell Me How to Be, it's, it's really beautiful. And it's about a gay Indian American man going home and dealing with his past. And I haven't seen a lot of that. So I was like very, very excited to see it. Um, and then the other book that I read, um, I mean, we, I read it a, a while ago because I actually blurbed it, but I think it's about to come out maybe the day we're recording this. Um, oh. is, um, you Only Live Once, David Bravo um, by Marco Shiro. And it's it's so fun and and so beautiful and so important. And I hope that every middle grader will be able to get their hands on it um, because it just like, it, it was, it's, it's really, it's a really beautiful story. Oh, those both sound great. I will definitely link to those and uh, I've got to add them to my, to my reading list as well. Um, but uh, yeah, Malik, thank you so much for coming on. Um, congratulations on Nikhil Out Loud. Best of luck with the book tour. Um, and I'm going to look out for the best at it and all your other projects. Um, and yeah, just thank you for taking the time to come on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for all you do to, 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 to get people aware of all the books that are out there and, um, all you do is a librarian and all of it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. 
For links to all of the books mentioned on this week's episode, you can visit abookishhome.com. And there you'll also find a link to our new online bookshop. Um, a Bookish Home has teamed up with the new organization bookshop.org, which supports independent bookstores. And if you'd like, you can browse books by authors who have been guests on A Bookish Home. I'm also sharing there all of the books mentioned on the podcast, books I've been reading lately, and other recommendations. It's a really wonderful site to browse and look through books. And if you make a purchase, it supports A Bookish Home and independent bookstores. So it's a win-win. So if you want to check that out directly, it's bookshop.org slash shop slash A Bookish Home. And you'll also find that at abookishhome.com. If you are enjoying the show, I hope you take a minute to subscribe and also rate and review in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would encourage you to share it on social media to help other people find the show and this episode. Thanks for listening, everyone, and happy reading.